0: Hello. This is Adrian Hendricks
1: and Jerry Hendricks of Say One More Now Incorporated. Where our focus is to lovingly confront all activities dishonoring human life created in the image of God. There is no greater dishonor to human life and to God than to bypass by ignorance or rejection his salvation that is only available through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us. Near the end of today's broadcast, we will receive communion, our Lord's table. In preparation, let's go to 1 Corinthians 11, verses 26 through 32, which reads, The Lord meant that when you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you tell about his death until he comes. But if you eat the bread and drink this cup in a way that isn't worthy of the Lord, you sin against his body and blood. That's why you must examine the way you eat and drink. If you fail to understand that you are the body of the Lord, you will condemn yourselves by the way you eat and drink. That's why many of you are sick and weak and why a lot of others have died. If we carefully judge ourselves, we won't be punished. But when the Lord judges and punishes us, He does it to keep us from being condemned with the rest of the world.
0: Today, we recognize and celebrate Passover and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Passover is the name given to one of the main annual festivals of the Jews. It is kept in remembrance of the Lord's passing over the houses of the Israelites when the firstborn of all the Egyptians were destroyed. It is also called the Feast of Unleavened Bread because during this celebration, no leavened bread was to be eaten or even kept in the household. At Exodus chapter 12, verses 12 through 15, we read, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment, proving their helplessness. I am the Lord. The blood shall be for a token or sign to you upon the doorposts of the houses where you are, that when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague shall be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be to you for a memorial. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations, keep it as an ordinance forever. A memorial, as used in verse 14, is that which preserves the memory of something, anything that serves to keep in memory. Instructions are given at verse 15. In celebration of the Passover in future years, seven days shall you eat unleavened bread. Even the first day you shall put away leaven, which is symbolic of corruption, out of your houses. For whoever eats leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel.
1: At Mark 14, verses 12 through 16, we read about this celebration in Jesus' day. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, when, as was customary, they killed the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples said to him, Where do you wish us to go and prepare the Passover supper for you to eat? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying an earthen jar or pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him, and whatever house he enters, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover supper with my disciples? and he will himself show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. There, prepare for us. Then the disciples set out and came to the city and found everything just as he had told them, and they prepared to Passover. The Lord Jesus Christ is our Passover lamb. We read at 1 Corinthians 5, verses 7 and 8, Purge, clean out the old leaven, that you may be fresh dough still uncontaminated as you are, for Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with leaven of vice and malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of purity, nobility, honor, sincerity, and unadulterated truth.
0: Why was Passover instituted? According to the Smith Bible Dictionary, the Passover was instituted by God to commemorate the deliverance of the Israelites from Egyptian bondage and the sparing of their firstborn when the destroying angels smote the firstborn of the Egyptians. We see Passover as the redemption of the nation. God declares himself to be the creator of Israel. The Exodus, meaning departure, was looked upon as the birth of the nation and the Passover is its annual birthday feast. It is the yearly memorial of the dedication of God's people to Himself who had saved their firstborn from the destroyer in order that they might be made holy to Himself. Passover foretells the great salvation where Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God slain for the sins of the world. Jesus Christ is our Passover and He has been sacrificed for each of us and is no longer in the tomb, but He lives even today. With Jesus, the Lamb of God, as our Passover Lamb, we can clearly see that Passover signifies deliverance from our slavery to sin. Jesus' blood causes the destruction we deserve for our sins to pass over us when we accept Him as Lord of our lives and our personal Savior. It is at this point that the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to us by our faith in Him. The Smith Bible Dictionary also states that the Passover was useless unless eaten, so we live today as the result of accepting our Lord Jesus Christ, the spotless Lamb of God. If you have not already done this, please receive Him today. The Passover meal was eaten with bitter herbs, as we too today must eat our Passover with the bitter herbs of confession and repentance from sin. Confession is an acknowledgment of sins against God and those we have wronged. At James chapter 5, verse 16, we are instructed to confess to one another your faults, your offenses, your sins, and pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available and is dynamic in its working. Repentance is a change of mind or a turning from sin to God. It is making an end of any practice that is offensive to God. At Matthew chapter 3, verse 8, we are instructed to bring forth fruit that is consistent with repentance. Let your lives prove your change of heart.
1: As the Israelites ate the Passover and everyone prepared for the journey, so we desire and make ourselves ready to enter the active service of Jesus Christ. Since Christians walk this temporary journey here on earth, we must be aware of our need to prepare to spend eternity in heaven and the place prepared for us with our Lord Jesus. This is God's desire and goal, eternity with Him. For those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, He is our guarantor of eternal life. Because He is our Savior, our hope in Him provides the sure expectation that He will always be with us. Do you need to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life? Please don't wait to surrender your life to Him. Don't assume that you will have another opportunity. You may start your journey to eternity today, and you need to be sure that you will spend eternity with Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Dads and moms, you too can regularly remember our Passover, Jesus Christ, the spotless Lamb of God when you and your family come together to read the Word of God and have times of prayer and communion. You don't have to come to church to partake of communion, also known as the Lord's Table. The Bible does not direct us how often we are to partake of communion, but it must never become common. It is to be taken in total reverence to Him, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We are to eat this bread and drink the cup in remembrance of his love to and for us, and in commemoration of his body being offered up for us as our Passover. At 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-six, Paul says, For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are representing and signifying and proclaiming the fact of the Lord's death until he comes again. Communion, also known as the Lord's table, is designed to call to memory the tremendous price paid for us by our Redeemer to keep us from being lost to the Father and separated from him for eternity. Every time we partake of his table, let it be impressed on our hearts and minds, his love for us and the everlasting life he purchased for us through his sinless life.
0: Because Jesus lived without sin, he lives today to help us do the same as we follow in his footsteps. He is our example and our standard. He desires a relationship with each of us. Please accept Him today if you don't know Him. At Acts chapter 4, verse 12, There is salvation in and through no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by and in which we must be saved. Our lives should emulate Jesus' life here on earth, for He is holy. At 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, we read, But as the One who called you is holy, you yourselves also be holy in all your conduct and manner of living, for it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. We Christians are called to holiness because we have been made pure by the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, we are to be people with integrity of moral character and free from sin. Bottom line, we want to live out the Word of God. Paul reminds us at 2 Timothy 1, verse 9, he saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our own accomplishments, but according to His own purpose and the grace that was given to us in the Messiah Jesus before time began.
1: Let me share a little about our Messiah, Jesus Christ. He is righteous. We are told at Romans five nineteen, for just as by one man's disobedience, failing to hear heedlessness and carelessness, the many were constituted sinners, So by one man's obedience, the many will be constituted righteous, made acceptable to God, brought into right standing with Him. He is sinless, as Paul reminds us at 2 Corinthians 5.21, For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. He is merciful, as we are told at Hebrews 2.17, So it is evident that it was essential that he be made like his brethren in every respect in order that he might become a merciful, sympathetic, and faithful high priest in the things related to God, to make atonement and propitiation for the people's sins.
0: He is forgiving, as discussed at Luke chapter 23, verses 33 and 34. And when they came to the place which is called the Skull, there they crucified him, along with the criminals, one on the right and one on the left. And Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they divided his garments and distributed them by casting lots for them. He is spotless, as 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 18 through 21 make clear. You must know and recognize that you are redeemed You were ransomed from the useless, fruitless way of living inherited by tradition from your forefathers, not with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but you were purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ the Messiah, like that of a sacrificial lamb, without blemish or spot. It is true that he was chosen and foreordained, destined and foreknown for it before the foundation of the world, but he was brought out to public view, made manifest in these last days at the end of the times for the sake of you." through him you believe in god who raised him up from the dead and gave him honor and glory so that your faith and hope are centered and rest in god he is just as proclaimed at zechariah chapter 9 verse 9 rejoice greatly o daughter of zion shout aloud o daughter of jerusalem behold your king comes to you he is uncompromisingly just and having salvation triumphant and victorious patient meek lowly and riding on a donkey upon a colt, the foal of a donkey.
1: He is without guile, that is, he is without deceit. First Peter 2.22 says, He was guilty of no sin, neither was deceit nor guile ever found on his lips. He is innocent. In Matthew 27 verses 3 and 4 we read, When Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, Judas was afflicted in mind and troubled for his former folly, and with remorse he brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in betraying innocent blood. Jesus is meek. This means that he is mild of temper, soft, gentle, not easily provoked or irritated. In Matthew 11 verses 28 through 30, Jesus tells us, Come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble in heart, and you will find rest. You will find relief and ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant, and my burden is light and easy to be borne.
0: Jesus is humble. To be humble is not to be proud or haughty, not arrogant or assertive. We are told that Philippians chapter 2 verses 8 through 11, and after he had appeared in human form, he abased and humbled himself still further and carried his obedience to the extreme of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, because he stooped so low, God has highly exalted him and has freely bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee should and must bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue frankly and openly confess and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father.
1: We beg you to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life today. Our good friend Ronnie was on his way to our Bible study and he was within inches of being involved in a major, perhaps life-impacting accident. When he arrived, it was quite obvious that he was severely shaken. He shared what had transpired and said the Lord spoke to him. And the Lord said, You know not the day or the hour. Now go, do my work. We read at Matthew 25, verse 13, Watch, therefore, give strict attention and be cautious and active, for you neither know the day nor the hour when the Son of Man will come. Are we ready to stand before Jesus Christ right now, today? What will he say about your life? Tomorrow on earth is not promised to us, so we need to be in a constant state of readiness. Let's be honest about it. Most don't make plans to die on the day their time on earth is finished. Are you ready to stand before Jesus? And make no mistake about it, we will all individually stand before the Messiah and give an account for the life we live here on earth. Nearly 7,000 people die each day in this country, and most of those deaths are not planned. So, are you ready? We need to be ready, or get ready now.
0: Friends, it is likely that what we have shared today may be challenging for some because we find our salvation, holiness, and hope of eternal life in Jesus and His life instead of in the world. Today's message may have you wondering just where you are in your relationship with Jesus Christ. You may even be asking yourself, am I really saved? It is good for you to ask that question even if you think you already are, even if you said the words that you believe Jesus died on the cross and came back to life. You may especially be unsure because your life has not really changed. You are not living in the reality of being passed over for judgment. You are not exhibiting the spirit and actions of Jesus, the one in whom you said you believed. Your love for Jesus, who you followed closely at one time, may have also cooled off significantly. You can resolve these inconsistencies right now. Go to the Lord and ask Him to show you the truth about your relationship with Him and what you need to do about it. Be prepared to listen closely to what He has to say to you and to follow every instruction. If you are unsure about with whom it is you are talking and what is being said, ask Him to give you confirmation of what He is saying from His Word, the Bible. Because the Bible is an expression of who He is, He will not be in conflict with His Word. However, if you have never accepted Jesus into your heart and you are serious about wanting a new life today, please pray this prayer and mean it with all your heart. He already sees your heart, knows it thoroughly, but loves you anyway. Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask you to forgive me. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead. Today, I truly want to turn away from every sin and invite you, Lord Jesus, into my heart and life. I will trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior from this day forward. Thank you for saving me right now and making me a child of God. If you really meant that prayer, you are a new person. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Find a Bible you can understand and read it every day. For those who are in Jesus Christ, the Bible is our Kingdom Handbook. Be diligent to know all that it contains, for it is alive and life to your body, soul, and spirit. Reading, studying, and meditating on the Word of God is one of the most important things you will do because it will feed your spirit, let you know the will of your Heavenly Father, and help keep you safely following Jesus. Pray to God every day. Fancy words are not necessary. Talk with Him about everything, just as if He were your best friend, because He is. God is the most faithful friend you will ever have since He will always be with you. As Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says, Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down, nor relax my hold on you. Assuredly not.
1: As we prepare to receive the Lord's table, let's read John 6 verses 53 through 56. And Jesus said to them, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, you cannot have any life in you unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, unless you appropriate his life and the saving merit of his blood. He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up from the dead on the last day. For my flesh is true and genuine food, and my blood is true and genuine drink. He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood dwells continually in me, and I in like manner dwell continually in him." At 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 25, I have already told you what the Lord Jesus did on the night he was betrayed. And it came from the Lord himself. He took some bread in his hands. Then after he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is given for you. Eat this and remember me. Let us partake of the bread together. After the meal, Jesus took a cup in his hands and said, This is my blood, and with it, God makes his new agreement with you. Drink this and remember me. Let us partake of the cup together.
0: We at Save One More Now Incorporated encourage all listeners to be diligent in seeking the Lord for his calling on your life. If you are faithful to spend time with him throughout the day, you will come to know without a doubt that he really loves you and he has a purpose for your being here. We can be reached at 850 727-0493, and by email at truelife at saveonemorenow.org. We look forward to joining you next week, and please remember,
1: life life is is good, God God gives life, God is good.